Hello and welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am your host, Carlos Cooper, and with me as always, Dave Gurney and Joe Hillier. And we have a special guest today. Boy, it's me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, you are a special well, guest. Well, yeah, sure, but we have a special guest, <laughs> and it is Joshua DeLeon. Now the proprietor of the NASA, formerly slash maybe possibly currently of the Blind Owls, uh, <laughs> DJs under the name Hilo, come to the NASA New Year's Eve party. That's right. You can guess when that is. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to it on release day, we're talking about just four days in the future, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, accurate. Yeah. Uh, we'll be DJing. It'll be fun. Yeah. Josh, thank you for being here. Carlos, it's super exciting to have you back. Your name comes up often as we just recount memory lane. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been you guys have been hounding me. Well, hey, I and, mean, you're a busy guy. We get it. And so it's always nice when you can find that pocket of time but i know it's tough to do i mean you you are an entrepreneur you yeah. are a- well i told josh i was considering coming on for the wonka episode and you know i haven't had as much time to make it out to the movies and josh literally looked at me and he was like really you're gonna use one of your few theatrical outings for wonka <laughs> and i was Come like you know- on, we already have a better wonka <laughs> and i was like you know that's a good point let's go see godzilla and that's what we did oh well that was it i not disappoint did not. I would still, even being a Wonka fan, I would say the correct choice was made there. G- gorilla, uh, Gorilla, Godzilla minus zero is an essential film. Minus one. To, minus one, sorry. You have to see that movie. You, you okay, dude? Yeah. yeah. You having a stroke? We haven't even started <laughs> drinking beer. I know, Carlos, that's half the reason why you're here. What film title got Carlos back in the seat? Josh, I know you're super excited as well. Well, yeah, there's a film title that got him here. Well, do you want All to- the way to the south side, and it's not what we're about to talk about. We'll get to it. Well, let's <laughs> open up a beer. It's uh, Spindle Tab Brewery. They are out of Houston. This is the sixth time we've had them here on the program. This is their Houston Hustle, and I can only guess that the particular protagonists of the film we're about to discuss had to hustle a little bit in Houston as they ascended to the top of their profession. Houston Hustle is a West Coast-style juicy IPA featuring some new hop varieties. Hold with... on. What'd you just say? Houston Hustle is a West Coast juicy IPA. No, it's not. That's what this website's telling me. Those two things are not. <laughs> Those two things don't go together. West Coast and juicy? Yeah. They don't generally. No. I, I hear what you're saying, Carlos. I, I mean, are they saying they they're are mashing paradoxical. together? They're saying we're taking some kind of West Coast, maybe the West Coast hot profile, but getting it to a juicy place? I don't know. I always love it when they call out specific notes you're going to hear because that's what I'm going to be looking for. Flavorful notes of passion fruit, guava, and citrus make this beer one of our most refreshing yet. Hmm. (laughs) A lot of bluster there. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I believe in them as as, as a brewery. Smells really juicy. So maybe overcoming any West Coast uh, bias here. Confirmed juice for sure, (laughs) based on the nose. But I just just don't call it a West Coast. That's absurd almost. I mean, that is There's a really, I don't orangey. know if you, That's like very orangey. Yeah. That's I don't wild. know if you had it yet, Josh, or if y'all saw my message it was about a month ago, but there's a Burlington Beer Company. Is that what they're called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Burlington Coat Factory. Yes. There's a Burlington Coat Factory. Uh, <laughs> they do their beer now? Uh, be juicy IPA at Lucy's, or it was. I don't know if there's uh, still more of them. I don't think so. Um, but shit, it was good. Joe brought a Burlington can. Yeah, it was a stout. Ago. Yeah, it's yeah, in our market because to that. Yeah. I, I went back to the grocery store and saw two or three other Burlingtons the, I could have picked up. Hit the spreadsheet. What episode was that? <laughs> dun, 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 it's taking a while because Garden Path Fermentation is in Burlington, Washington. Uh, yeah, that's right. We, we did their barista double coffee porter, oh, which I right. had on a tap in New yes. Braunfels and bought a can. I liked it so much. With you, what movie? Napoleon. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <laughs> well, I, well, I think I like that film even less the further I get away from yeah, it. Yeah, it gets worse. As time goes no, I say on. string the battle uh, scenes together and you got a banger. Hey, yeah, and it's right? 45 minutes. The, the ice battle scene specifically. Oh, that one bucks. Yeah, they were all great. Insane. Uh, I don't care about the love story. So I don't, <laughs> I don't care about literally any other part of it. <laughs> Except for those, like, orchestrated, chore- well, the choreographed. The guillotine was scenes. cool. 
Well, yeah, of course, yeah, guillotines but, but are objectively cool. <laughs> <laughs> but we're cool. not. We're not here. We've done Napoleon just a few yeah, episodes sorry. ago. What are we well, doing well, today, David? Because I listened to y'all talk about that beer, and so uh-huh. I was like, I haven't seen many new movies, so I knew it was a movie I'd seen. That's why That's I was nice. trying to connect the dots. Well, but we're, hey. we are doing a new movie that I have seen. Absolutely, and and but I like hearing Carlos's opinions on films that we he didn't get to weigh in on in the episode. So I think this is a service to our fans. Fine, two hour <laughs> episode. <laughs> but no, uh, the film that we're here to talk about today, uh, one that I. I've been anticipating since it was announced, at least certain aspects of it were announced. I I remember casting notes early on is The Iron Claw 2023 release from uh, writer, director Sean Durkin, right? He wrote this and directed it. Correct. Yes. Produced Uh, produced it as well. So kind of a, a multifaceted guy here. This is his third feature. The couple before this, sadly, I don't think any of us have seen, although we'll we'll see today if that might change based on our experience with the Iron Claw. Inspired by the story of the Von Erich wrestling dynasty based in the Dallas area from the 1960s through to the 19 kind of early 1990s. It's a family beset by tragedies, um, one after the other. Uh, at the core of it are five brothers, though actually kind of six. We <laughs> But ten to seven. This is inspired by okay? <laughs> folks. They they took some liberties, but uh, but the family was in on it. The surviving brother um, w- was was kind of consulted. Um, here though, in the casting, we have some interesting choices. Zach Efron showing up as kind of the surviving brother, Kevin Von Erich. That's not a spoiler. You got to know this family's had these tragedies going into it. Well, and you've um, seen the movie if you're listening to this. Hopefully, so there you go. Kevin Von Erich portrayed by Zach Efron. In a transformative appearance, right? Yeah, we one of those agree. roles where we're all aghast, or aghast may not be the right word. We're the all amazed that first by shot the... of him getting out of the bed with, yeah. with those tight, tight close-ups. Beefy. Well, in like the veins and yeah. all that. I mean, the detail that they sort of put on his body in the transformation was Unreal. I mean, honestly, it was as erotically charged a moment as I've experienced <laughs> in cinema. I mean, and that's not even, I mean, I'm only joking by a slight degree because I know it'll get a laugh, but it was a truth. I mean, that was a really intense moment seeing this guy who, I mean, this is high school musical dude. <laughs> yeah. Neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good movie. Yeah. But we have Zach Efron. We have uh, Harris Dickinson, um, who is the guy from Triangle of Sadness here playing David yeah. Von Eric or the model. David? Yeah. Like the main boyfriend, yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah. boyfriend guy? Yeah, you didn't, oh, you didn't make that connection? I didn't recognize no. him, no. I think doing a great performance here, it's, so I'm getting into reviewing, but Jeremy Allen White, who, who a lot of people know from The Bear, maybe even Shameless, he, he was a big character on that for many years. Yeah. So you have a really interesting cast of young male actors telling this tale of hyper-masculinity and the sport of professional wrestling, the entertainment of professional wrestling Although it's really interesting how they handle that entertainment aspect of it. I, don't, I, I feel like I've set up the synopsis here. Family beset by tragedies uh-huh. led by this youthful cast. But also, I mean... The Lily guy, James in the mix. Lily James is great in it. Amora Tierney is great as, yeah. as, what, as, as oh, the mother. What a weird character, um, though. Oh, my God. I, well, I, I don't know. You're from Maine, so you don't get it. But uh, <laughs> that's how the the detached mother role works that's in the, Texas. That's the born again standard family oh. gender role value. Did that ring true to you? Uh, uh, well, it didn't seem that weird to me. They, but she's good at it. Clearly, when you see this film, it is all patriarchy. The father mm-hmm. Fritz, who had a wrestling career, well, I love that guy. That oh. that actor from Mindhunter, he was great in Mindhunter. Uh, Holt McCallney. Yeah. Yes, I like him. Really good. Really good. It's a patriarchy. They live under it. And there is a couple of interesting threads here that I don't forget, think it fully explored, but one of them is arts versus sports in your interests. Yeah. And clearly we learn that when he, uh, we, when we meet Fritz and his younger wife, well, he's struggling to get his, you know, career going. He's on the cusp, he believes, of being mega wealthy and famous yeah. in the wrestling world. We learn later that she used to paint. Okay, but that she completely put it away because there was no room for that in this sports-based family. And then of, of their sons, there is one in the film. And then did y'all go to Alamo to see the pre-show, which was so helpful to enjoy mm-hmm. the movie? I did. But although it, I, I will say at least in one way it harmed, like seeing Ric Flair, the actual Ric Flair right Correct. before the movie. Not and good. then seeing this yeah. guy's Ric Flair. A bad choice. <sighs> it, bad Ric Flair. He, bad Ric Flair. He did fine in the ring. Like he did the movements convincingly mm-hmm. enough, but he could not do the the, the promo. He, and who he could? Was not, 
no. I mean, it would take. I mean, Jack Black. It, it would be a weird <laughs> casting, but no, you throw somebody I'd be here for that, right? I mean, you throw somebody, uh, John C. Riley. Yes, John C. Riley. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird, but it could kind of work, and he would probably get cut for it. I bet the dude would like be somebody Go who would take six months off and then like you know beef up and turn into Rick. Well, Blair. all of the brothers are fully invested yeah. in becoming one of their father's favorites in order to be promoted correctly to and there's a list yeah (laughs) right that 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 breakfast scene there that establishes the family how well put together is that that's like screenwriting 101 like let's lay out the family structure here except for michael michael clearly has (laughs) an interest in the arts he's in a band he writes poetry etc but you know not in this family so that she at the end one way to the end spoilers here all of the boys are out of the house because they're in the ground. Or Kevin, uh, the the remaining Von Eric, is with his family now. And he's like, where's breakfast? I didn't make breakfast today. What are you doing? I'm painting. And you can see maybe that she's going to get back into some of these things yeah. that she was interested in after this total failure of uh, parenting in many, many ways. Uh, I, I liked that aspect of arts versus sports as interests. I wish it had been fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that particular, like, point is super uh, important to the story. I mean, it is a little bit, I guess. Um, It's important to me. (laughs) uh, I kind of of went into this because, you know, I listened to a six-part podcast series about Vince McMahon, and I watched the Dark Side of the Ring episode about it, so I I know everything there is to know about wrestling at this point. I am am the foremost expert on wrestling. (laughs) So So I I went in, yeah, I know, thank you. Um, I went in kind of speculating, or not speculating, but kind of really just looking for how they were going to portray this. Is it going to be, are they going to try to, like, rose-colored glasses it? Are they going to take like crazy creative liberties and get like super detached from what really happened? Are they mm-hmm. going to like paint Fritz as this like conflicted, like multi-dimensional character where you can sympathize with why he's doing this or whatever? So I was like more so than when I see most movies kind of like looking for like the inner workings of it and like looking in the like cracks and crevices of the depiction of the story. That being said, A, I think it's really good b i think zach efron shows what he's made of in this uh in a huge in, way in a big way okay so he's doing like the opposite of ryan gosling where he's he started off comedic yeah. in a lot of stuff right and, and now crushed he's and now he's like oh but i can do the drama too yeah the thing he's doing differently is that he's good at both i don't think ryan gosling's good at both i think he um, needs to just like so wait you think be funny good at drama oh you think he's good at comedy he's hilarious drama. i agree i his, but i think he can be his, good at drama his dramatic stuff by and large with some exception yeah. is kind of just okay. like all right, all right whatever uh, but interesting but okay but you zach, like, you like zach Efron, Efron showing he like can it. do both i mean jeremy allen white's jeremy allen white we know he's got the stuff you this know, this he's isn't got the a goods. stretch for him this no, is this is in his pocket this is in the zone for yeah him. he's which he's is right but it's great to see him riding it no, for sure. Harris Dickinson, a little bit of a revelation. I mean, He's in good. that, I loved him in Triangle of Sadness, but you don't know for sure. Is that him? Is that his yeah. character? Or is that the actor? And I'm just right. seeing what uh-huh. this guy, but no, I see range here and I see this. I like the David character. The scene in the, uh, the restroom. Dude, brutal. Right? I mean, but really well, mo- I mean, I was, it was one that as I was watching it, I'm like, Look at how they're modulating this whole thing. It's like it starts out disgusting, vomiting and blood into a toilet. It's still there in the backdrop as they're having this really deep conversation. Never like sort of never blinks away from it. It's really interesting what he decides to hold on in this. And And then Kevin reveals that they're pregnant. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. With the vomit behind them. Right. There were so many great touches in here. Uh, I want to go back to Zac Afron to say it, it took me a good two-thirds of the movie to get past his freakish appearance. <laughs> I don't mean muscular. I'm whites? talking about the face structure sure, that changed yeah. with whatever it, it was that he did. Yeah. And I hope for him that it goes away <laughs> when the muscles, you know, begin to deflate a little bit and gets back into whatever real yeah. life looks like for yeah. Zach. I was moved in junior high to a small town about 35 miles away from here. And I was plunked straight down into, we're talking 83, 84, 85, 
This is when WCCW would have been reigning supreme. On they the did Texas a Saturday Airways. night yeah. show called Saturday Night Wrestling. I can't remember. And on Sunday at church, all of the kids would get together to discuss the notes. And I did not watch it, but I remember the Von Erickson. I remember the Iron Claw, and I remember some sleepovers where I did watch it. There was one girl, Carrie Von Eric. He's so ah, you know. <laughs> so I, I, you know, the research that I was doing with that time of learning girls, I looked to see who hot guys were, and Kevin Von Eric didn't look like a caveman lawyer from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> from the neck up. You know what I mean? I, I get what you're saying. So that was a little whatever. But I remember <laughs> the Freebirds and I remember Ric Flair yeah. and I seeing that pre-show where they just strung together my favorite parts of wrestling and it was depicted in the film. The calm professional broadcaster <laughs> that's dealing with all this, you know, craziness around him. Uh, so, Ric Flair, what do you think? I'm trying to ask you a serious question. Oh, my God. you know, and that's showmanship and fun of it. Um, I'll shift this into maybe another topic. The best scene for me was when uh, and, and the girlfriend uh, that becomes the wife Lily of Kevin James. Von yeah, Eric yeah, yeah. is when they're at a restaurant on one of their first dates and she goes, but it's fake. Yeah. And he explains it's not fake. Well, that and that's interesting. And that was a very expository, but very well, and he very helpful an, to understanding the entire film. He gives an elaborated answer, but that's where they kind of leave the question of how these things because they don't get into the arrangement of the outcomes. Yeah, in the way that which that is what happened. I mean, the promoters would decide, and there were politics to that. And mm -hmm. his dad was very much involved in the politics of it. It was like who was drawing the most, who was selling the most tickets. They could make a case that we should have the world champion. Why is the world championship belt with Missouri if it's, you know, if Texas is the one pulling in viewers nationally, yeah. television? You know. Well, so so there are two different points that plot wise and like what's important for like the history of the story that they introduce and kind of just like it's almost like a drive by or like yeah. a, just a grazing of the topic. Uh, one of them being kayfabe, which, you know, is the arrangement and like the philosophy that, yes, this is all planned and scripted or whatever, but we are to the death going to protect the illusion, you yeah. know, and at that at the point the Von Erics are coming yeah, up in right. the way that kayfabe kind of like really gets the facade comes down is that. The WWF, I believe, it might have been another organization, but I think it was the WWF and the McMahons go to court and basically say this isn't actual sport, it's entertainment, right. it's all arranged, right. so our referees don't actually have to be state certified the way boxing and everybody else is. So they go to court and straight admit they're it. In they, the, they're in the cast also, the referees. Yeah, 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 which, you know, isn't, at the time they obviously are still maintaining kayfabe, but that's like public record, like, you know, whatever, and that's, but that hasn't happened yet in most of this film. Yeah. And so I really liked that scene in particular because it does contextualize it in a way that even I wouldn't have really thought about it, mm -hmm. about like job performance, you know, getting promotions, but also giving non-wrestling fans like my wife who didn't know anything about the story could give a fuck about wrestling, yeah. you know, some context really well done, super tight in and out. And then also you see a little bit of it backstage where when David's coming in for the first time to make his ring debut in the tag team, there's a little like overview that they do right before they go. Out. Right. I, I appreciated and those small touches. That, so I like that. And also another one is when he, Kevin Von Erich, Zach Efron is with, you know, the straight man broadcaster yeah. and they cut yeah, and have to he's do it over and over yeah, again. Yeah. Which it's not, it's not spontaneous. Yeah. It's not a thing yeah. that happened. In well, the, for some people it is. Mm -hmm. The right. rock did with, it. I was going to say when, when Dave goes out and, and in takes the over the yeah. mic and yeah. ri starts riffing and he's so good on his Why toes. didn't you let me talk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should have well, let me talk. <laughs> well, well, that was the reality of the family too, was that Kevin was the most technically proficient wrestler, like the most talented sure. at wrestling. Uh -huh. But his yeah, brother, David, better, was yeah. more charismatic. Carrie was a little more charismatic. Carrie was also a fucking giant, which is funny. Jeremy Allen White playing. That, that was like the thing. It's like, I feel like the Zach Efron. Different. Like, yeah, like Zach Efron beefed up the most. But, like, in actuality, he was probably more the middle or second. Like, Carrie was, like, the huge one. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Gigantic. Well, it's tough. But I was thinking about that a little bit, though. When you actually see, you know, I think uh, Kevin and uh, Carrie were, like, 6'2", 6'3". 280 pounds. David is 6'8". 
and like Harris yeah. Dickinson is maybe six two. It, it, the comparative to the rest of them, the other guys are like you know five ten, five nine. You know. No, Jeremy Allen White's five seven. Is Zach he five Efron seven? is five eight. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we, we talked okay. about it's like they look so good together, and then when they're like wrestling against other well, they wrestling do a pretty actors. good job. I thought they did actually a pretty good job with angles and everything, making it seem comparable. But yeah. I, there For were sure. maybe a it couple never moments where it felt it, but... okay. These guys are a little too small to be in the ring with the guy. But yeah, the, mostly they did pretty well matching. So the other plot point or whatever that gets kind of grazed that I didn't like as much. I thought the way that they did it with the kayfabe thing worked really well. Totally fine with mm-hmm. it. No need to really get into the nitty gritty of that. But the, the, the other part is their drug use. And yeah. like you do see a little bit of it. Like you see a lot more of the like. Jerry, Jeremy Allen White seems to be the one using the most in the film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And historically, that's accurate because he sustains the most heinous injuries over yeah. the course of his career. Okay. So just to even get in the ring, he had to be like pumped with barbiturates and like, Oof. you know, just to even be able to perform, which is a you. thing that professional wrestling is kind of notorious for. I mean, there are people who have been like literally wheeled out on Especially wheelchairs. at that time. Yeah. At that time, too. Like, but I hope they're doing better. But I, something <laughs> well, tells me okay. that guys are still going to struggle in their later years with, with stuff, even because you're just beating your body sure. constantly and breaking things that no, that's that's factual. But but they really graze over the drug usage, which yeah. Fritz yeah. had like such a heavy hand in like, oh, was he pushing it on them? Oh, yeah. Because oh. like, well, because you see it, his desire for his family to be at the top of the wrestling. Best. Yeah. And in order to do that at that time, you had to reach like gargantuan colossal level of like physicality and the way to do that was to take steroids but then there are downsides to the steroids that you then have to take painkillers for and then at a certain point just even get in the ring to get to that level of energy you're having to like do uppers and then just to get to sleep you're drinking a ton and doing downers and this is at a time where they're literally just putting anything in their bodies that they can to get to that level and nobody really knows that much about how this stuff works nowadays like the liver king for instance are you familiar with who this youtube personality is no i don't know he's the the, he was this like absolutely like leather skin just fucking shredded influencer on youtube that said that the way to get there is that you were supposed to go back to like an ancient diet and eat raw livers and raw meat and like all this stuff and he's huge and he's telling people this is how you do it now his con was that he says, I eat raw meat, but I know not everybody wants to do that by these supplements that do the same thing, right? So that's okay. his thing. But in reality, the dude was injecting himself with somewhere between like twelve to $15,000 worth of steroids every month wow. and was doing weekly blood tests and like checkups to make sure that he didn't fucking kill himself. So mm-hmm. now when people are doing steroids, the medical community knows enough about how to not kill people doing it. And so Zac Efron... 1000% is on steroids in this movie. I think that the fa- like, the facial 1, changes back up with that. Well, and also he walks around shredded as fuck already. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. if you saw him in everyday life you're like that man is in unbelievable shape. So and then he gets he three what, times bigger like of muscle yeah, it's or whatever insane. He did. But at that time it's so like that's such a huge part of why like half this family kills themselves yeah. is because of their like insane drug abuse yeah. and they gloss over that fact i mean you see they it a little with carrie do. They absolutely do but they gloss over the fact that that is the, the what re- led yeah. and like and what really happens to david most people think and like this is obviously alleged because there's never been any confirmation of this but he overdoses like they say that is like i know there was you know, suspicion of that but, and, and, and i mean it's interesting because there was the official examiner's report was that it was the the perforated yeah. intestines or whatever but I mean, so there was so a guy who came out up. and said, but that, I believe it, I that mean, they dumped drugs like when they found his body, like they flushed him down the toilet and got rid of him. And then that guy, like a year later, was like murdered in the streets of Puerto Rico or something like that. <laughs> so it's like yeah. there's a lot of suspicion about the here's where but, I find so, here's, but all of that to say that, like, the story itself is crazy more fucked up than the movie like is. puts it out to be. But the movie's still so fucked up. <laughs> And well, like, that's, that's it. We both had the experience of coming out, going with somebody who had not been a big wrestling fan, had no awareness of wrestling, went into this and came out of it, not knowing the story going into it and came out of it feeling like, oh, that was really bleak. That was so dark. They lightened this story significantly. <laughs> yeah. And that's I most mean, wrestling story. Like most wrestling stories are sad. Yeah. But this one. Chris, so, Chris Benoit. Yeah. Like the, just yeah. Like, yeah. No, but, it, but even then it's like, at least you can right, focus on yeah, the individual yeah. here. It's like this entire group of people all like who get, you know, oh, the same thing. And, and clearly from this guy and his treatment. And, the, and I think they go soft on him, which is 
maybe a middle ground. Like you say, Carlos, this isn't necessarily a character study of Fritz von Erich. I wouldn't call it that. I think we get a no, good but you performance. could you could make a movie. You could make a movie for each one of these people. Oh, I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately, and I'm going to smack myself because <laughs> I shouldn't actually say these. No, things. not a miniseries. Not a miniseries. I feel like this, <laughs> this would have been a great because this would have been a great limited series. The movie was. I mean, look at the depth. Could have been the story an hour, two hours longer, and I would have loved it. Like it was a great story. Well, see, ultimately so for me, the movie runs two twelve. Yeah, and I love a movie where you're going to immerse me in a world that I don't know if you do it well. And the first half of this movie does it so well by using the exposition tool that i enjoyed the most is the idea that we're seeing live from dallas at the thing mm. uh with the old timey television yeah. framing loved I, I, I loved it uh, there's a lot of exposition here that i needed i could see it happening but i didn't mind it so much yeah. around the two-third mark i felt the movie seriously begin dragging for me well it's because you're setting up everybody dying and, and one I, after the other and i thought i thought to myself well the movie needs to be about half an hour shorter but here's the thing i cannot figure out which half hour to remove no you can't and they it, already removed one brother i mean one brother who committed suicide is not included in this film at all just to yeah. probably spare some running time well it's, it's, it's exactly because of okay. that and him and michael's story are like similar enough that you wouldn't be getting like a ton of extra like depth or like you know, like right. their, though, their though stories has, are congruous. Enough. Though it has its own tragic. I mean, they're both very similar, but it has its own. It's, it's no, such for sure. a sad, I, I say all I have to say, thing. the first half of this movie, I was completely dialed in and absolutely loving. Right. Mm -hmm. Then we get to the the ending, and there are two things that I want to mention. Number one, when Carrie, the the white character. The Jeremy Allen white. Yeah, we're, 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 let me clarify. The rest were Hispanic. I mean, did I miss something? <laughs> I, 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 the moment that I said it, y'all jumped on it before I could. When he commits suicide, yeah. and they lay, and then Kevin finally confronts his father and starts choking him to death. Stops, carries his dead brother onto the dining room table. There is this um heaven scene oh yeah yeah uh which i'm thinking is kevin's imagination that's like, how i took it i took it as kevin trying to find peace in a moment where he's just lost <laughs> the next brother in line and, right. and and we none of us have mentioned that at a very young age they all lost their older brother who was Jack, five or yeah. six years old whatever it was and then all of the dead brothers three of which committed suicide right two definitely two for sure okay. one maybe and yeah, an additional maybe. So yeah. Jeremy Allen White's character is on a, uh, a raft or a canoe and he's on a river and it's gorgeous and ethereal. And then he meets up with his other two brothers and they go, where's Jack? And then the little boy is there. Yeah. Oh, no, you didn't, you didn't no, get that. No. I, I that didn't was get, not warm and it fuzzy. It was so good. You, like, I you liked sobbing. it. I liked it. I wasn't full on crying then. I cried after. Go ahead. I think we're Dakota saying. Dakota scene with yes. Kevin. The Zac Efron character watching his two young sons play, I, I, I and having, having the conversation with him, overcoming the toxic man. It was a great moment. Well, it's like I'm he's able to speak of, about yeah. his emotions with his sons the, in right, a way my that father his dad never, did never this, yeah. would have been able to. I, okay, a, a tear was shed. What, into what my a perfect way to end this story, which has been so sanitized. Cutest line too. It's okay, Dad. We'll be your brothers. Like yeah. <laughs> so pure, so pure. Uh, yeah. The last thing that and they, and they are wrestlers like they, yeah, they, and they are and now. Yeah, they, they don't even push it as far as they could sentimentally. Yeah. So like the last I don't know thought that I had about it, and I was talking to David a little bit about this last night because we were trying to you know trying to keep it clean, trying to follow the rules. <laughs> yeah. Stay loose. <laughs> was that while on the one hand the kind of sanitation, even though like he's still a fucking bastard in the movie, but like sanitation of Fritz as a character. Well, yeah, no Nazi talk. Yes. That was his dad. That was yeah, his dad. But yeah. that's it. Yeah. But they don't yeah. show any of that. No, no. Like, that was Fritz's dad. But Fritz no, was that's a, Fritz. Was his, that was his character. His character. I was thought a it Nazi. was Waldo's character. His no, his it, dad. it was definitely Fritz. Okay. Did it. I mean, I that's don't, why he took the Von Eric name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To be like the Nazi heel. Okay. Like, yeah. 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 I knew one of them did. I okay. I was wrong see what I mean. They pulled. I mean, which is. I think to make Although, this palatable. Obviously, he's not, but it's like maybe that would add to it. The yeah. he was so dedicated to to wrestling and to be being somebody that he would 
choose this villainous character just well, to that's, be Well, I think a that's star. a good point. Yeah. It, it could just reinforce in, the character. In Fritz's defense, he was meant to be a bad guy. <laughs> I mean, he clearly had no moral like scruples with portraying that character, <sighs> but he, he was supposed to be not good. <laughs> right. And interesting that his sons definitely did try to embrace this more all-American image. Face and that, yeah, thing, yeah, I mean, and they did. And they, yeah, and no, they came they across that way, and they, they ended up being like these all Texas boys who yeah. are, yeah. But the thing with the Fritz character is that at, like, literally in every scene, you could have showed him doing something that made him unequivocally a monster, right? Sure. And so they... Instead, but, they usually show him being fairly reasonable if, like... Just a little con stern. If conservative and stern and, yeah. and overly stoic and, like, to a, to a toxic level stoic. And the reason that I'm... I mean, telling your kids not to cry at the funeral no of their brother. No tears today. Yeah, yeah. Glasses off. Sunglasses off. No yeah, tears. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not in... In, in our day and age, that's not great, but for the time, it isn't like he wasn't super out of the norm. Sure, no. the, the, the Selena, they they kind of yeah. Abe Keith the needed, yeah. Him, where it's like, yeah. he was mean, but we can't make him look bad. We can't make him look that what, well, and especially because Abe would have sued them, but <laughs> <laughs> but. I, you know, Fritz isn't around to sue anybody, but the reason that that works for me is similar to a certain element of Godzilla minus one. And I was, I was kind of drawing these parallels here when, we, when I was talking to Richie about it yesterday was that they could have made Fritz look worse. But the moment where it's clear that he's just the monster, they waited to like hit him on the jaw instead of doing body shots the whole movie. They hit him on the jaw really hard and he goes down. Does that make sense? Yeah. When that scene happens, when he's like, well, he called you. It's like, oh, fuck you, dude. Like, and, yeah. and that scene, especially for somebody that doesn't know the story and doesn't know that they're all going to die except for Zac Efron. <laughs> I saw it in Kylie. Like that hit that scene yeah. hit really oh, hard. Yeah. For and it's the same way like in Godzilla. They have to make him in that movie like have to power up his atomic breath because if he could just hit that at will, then it'd be like, OK, yeah, there's no way yeah, they're stopping him. Be. Like he'd be so overpowered. But what they do in that movie is that they take that narrative limitation and they add this incredible design element to the creature mm -hmm. that makes it so that you're not thinking about, oh, this doesn't make as much sense or they, why isn't he just whatever. You're just like, oh, this is badass. That like the yeah. like blue streak has to go all the way up his back and all mm -hmm. the spikes come out and you're just like, fuck yeah. And it, and it just and you don't even think about like, oh, why I get, does he really have, to, you know, and, and <laughs> every time, every time. And in this movie, it's like the narrative limitation is that like this movie would be five hours long if everything right. Fritz did that right. made him a bastard was shown. Right. So that narrative limitation like gives this really big, like massive punch at the end where it's just like this fucking bomb of like emotion and you know yeah. whatever especially because that didn't even really happen that way right yeah. right not so exactly, i feel like that right? it was just like they yeah. wrote it perfectly I like mean, you're saying though to just well, like you have to telescope that stuff right? yeah yeah, yeah. for uh, sure to, to make that, it to make it two hours and 12 minutes i know yeah i know yeah well but also like you're saying like they just wrote that effectively like okay this didn't happen but we have to make him like this yeah. is his his ultimate downfall right yeah because without that scene i come out of that movie thinking like <laughs> man they took it really easy on this guy. Like, mm -hmm. this is crazy that they would not accurately depict this. But because that, like, that scene makes it all like, okay, I see what you're doing. Kudos. Yeah. You did a good job. Yeah. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. I thought it was great. I know, Joe, it sounds like you have some reservations. I, I recommend that people see okay. this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, those were my comments. I get you. I yeah. get you. I love a dark family drama. Uh, which this is at, this is at its core. I mean, this is a sports film, yes. Sports entertainment film, yes. But it's really a family drama. And with this, they're calling it a West Coast juicy IPA. I get that there's some juiciness going on. I don't really get the West Coast profoundly if that's a real thing that they're going for. That said, I'm not hating on it because to me, the Houston Hustle did the trick for um, you know a great starter to the episode. On the other side of this from you, I think that the West Coast juicy thing, the juice is the nose, the West Coast is more on the palate. It is not quite as sharp and piney as a West Coast. But slightly bit more bitter. But it's bitter. more bitter than yeah. you would think when you hear juicy. And so Maybe. I'll allow it. <laughs> but I don't know that I would, if if I was writing the description for this, I don't know if that's what I would say. Pretty, but taste, I like, I pretty like tasty it. overall. Good though, yeah. good. I don't know enough about the coasts to know the flavor. <laughs> But that's exactly what I look for in an IPA. Ah. I'm not a hoppy, really like hoppy guy or like the super hazy juice. Like that's good to me. But like this is like I could drink two or three of these mm. easily. 
you main motherfucker. <laughs> and you call yourself from the Gulf Coast, the third coast. I think this beer is fucking incredible. But I'm ready to take down the West Coast and I'm ready to take you know, oh, I think this this beer, uh, for me, I would definitely buy a six pack of this and proudly serve it. Uh, I'm not going to get caught up in the words here, although I guess what maybe it was like a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. These two things just really don't go together. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was, fr- like I said, fr- whoever said it, fruity on the nose. Yeah. For for sure, I, heavy orange on the nose. It's one of the more citrusy, uh, juicy IPAs mm-hmm. I've had. But all that fruit comes out in the flavor for me, and I, I, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, great. Thank you uh, all for sharing such a great beer. While well, we talked about a film that most of us agree has some, some value to it, in the second half, we're going to talk about a film that's connected thematically in some ways, but that I think was largely dismissed by critics when it first arrived in theaters. I feel like it's built a bit of a cult following since, and we can talk about what may inspire that and whether it's deserved when we get back. Wrestling filled episode. This one's going to be. It is, and no real relation to anything. I picked up the this uh, <laughs> stout from Martin House Brewing yesterday. We were, uh, you know, longtime favorite of the show. Longtime favorite of the show. Trying to avoid the Christmas Eve pandemonium of HEB, but since tough to do since Festivus fell on a Saturday, equally as pandemonic i stepped foot in on saturday and it, it was, was bad it, it was, was bad didn't like it. but we were there trying to wrap our stuff up and i was like you know what it's fucking christmas man i'm not just gonna get an 18 pack of cores i'm gonna get myself something fancy too Ooh. and there were a couple of things i saw in their like craft section there was one that i was i was reading and i was like man this sounds really good and i told i was i was, I was like kylie listen to this and i read off the ingredients and she was like man that sounds crazy and then i looked at it and it was a 35 dollar four pack and i was like nope what? <laughs> wow what was that no remember? thank you <laughs> do you remember what it was uh, it was a sour with like all of these a $35 imperial sour it was like four different berries and like marshmallow okay, but, wow, and okay. i mean it, it was uh. jam i mean the the ingredient list was longer than the federal warning about the health risks this on was the side, at hgb you know? At the Gucci B. At the plus. This is our 12th visit to Martin House, which puts it as the fourth most visited brewery in our our archive. They're always putting together interesting combinations. Yeah. So you didn't go for the super high octane sour here. No. Okay. So you guys tell me what you think about this. Sorry for the tangent. We'll get to the Tangent away. This is a holiday. We'll get to the beer. So I'm I'm there looking and like they kind of moved their craft beer thing to like right against like the sushi uh, yeah, sure. Station yeah, or whatever. Know what you mean, yeah. And so I'm looking at that whole situation, and I, you know, I'm seeing Equilibrium, I'm seeing Duclaw, I'm seeing um, Evil Twin. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm seeing some good names. Obviously, like the Goliath Pseudo Sue, and yes. you know that that stuff always hits. Funny how ubiquitous um, that is. Now. It is now, and I'm very thankful for it because yeah, it almost always hits. But so I, I'm looking at the beer wall. I see this $35 four pack not happening. I see like an $18 thing that I'm like, mm, sounds interesting, you know, and I'm looking at all this stuff, especially when it comes to IPAs. I've gotten to a point where I am unbelievably hesitant to get them. When you don't know when they were canned and oh. because you're worried it's going to be an old one, a shelfie. Yeah. Or if it's like a uh, shift in taste. Well, not just that, but it's just like, if I'm going to spend 20 bucks, on well, a pack I kinda, of beer, I, I better fucking like it, yeah. you know? And I want it to be relatively fresh because we all know yeah. those fall off pretty quickly within like three to six months. You're out like of de- beer. I also feel like the definition of shelfie has morphed over the last couple of years. Well, because c- the whole market is morphed, yeah. right? I mean, craft um, beer is cratering. Cratering. Is cratering. This should be an in memoriam episode. No. I don't want to change no. this thing to beer and a seltzer. <laughs> okay. I don't want, no, I don't want no. to do it. No. We won't have to. Seltzer, seltzer in a movie. Seltzer in a movie, yeah. Seltzer in a movie. There will continue to be a craft beer scene, and, and yeah. there will just be mostly really good breweries. I mean, um, I had a great barrel aged porter from Rebel Toad last night. Yes. They did a great They're job. They're still doing of that. it. Anyway, so I picked this one up because it sounded delicious, and it was from a brewery that I trust, and it's a stout, so I'm not super concerned about how long it's been there uh you know right. maybe some of the more like pungent things can fade off a little bit but it's never going to get bad yeah. so i got the puppy chow from martin house it's eight percent abv and it's a stout with powdered sugar chocolate peanut butter lactose and checks 
I don't know about you guys, but this is one of my favorite wow. snacks. Is this you know one that's I mean? like a holiday snack? I know for a lot of people, this is one that a mother or it's a road trip a... snack for oh. me. I, there was a time in my life. This when is it... this is where you meet the upper crust. The people who are, <laughs> the people who are mixing up puppy chow for road trips. No, 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 on a no. no. Chex makes it. Okay. You can just oh, get it off the shelf. I thought it. See, I thought the whole thing called, was that it's people called like muddy batches right? of it. It's called muddy buddies. Muddy yeah. buddies. Oh, but but no, when I was a kid, this was definitely a thing that some kids' parents would make around this time of year yeah. and they would bring it to lunch at the cafeteria and he would you know dole them out to whoever he liked them it was like it was like fritz's ranking oh, list like, like whoever gets the most puppy chow merry christmas this was before myspace top eight too so you know you had to have ways to rank your friends <laughs> with, um, with only six ingredients puppy chow or muddy buddies is extremely quick and easy to whip up making it the perfect recipe for the busy holiday season and they say rice Joe, checks, you sold me you sold rice check cereal semi-sweet chocolate peanut butter unsalted butter vanilla extract and powdered sugar that's how you make muddy buddy mm. at home or check or puppy chow and it is delicious wow that, i mean the, the puppy chow well this the mix the, the mix this aroma is uh it's all powdered sugar denim, this is sweet yeah but peanut butter it's got all the flavor component i feel like the, there's a good capturing of the muddy buddies puppy chow aroma mm. with the aroma What's the of the beer? Again? Eight. Uh, also, Josh has like fully like restructured the microphone stand that I, he's about to talk into, so I that he can so that he can deliver. Nice. No, I, I, I well, don't because know what I did. Th- this is a big movie for. I mean, I'm I'm excited because when Carlos told me how important this movie was to our other guest, our very special guest this week, I was excited. To Mexicans writ large. Well, <laughs> is do you feel that way? Is it? Is oh, this yeah. a thing? Okay, Josh, please tell us about this film we're going to be uh, discussing. Not sure. Libre. Yeah. Uh, probably like top like 10 easy. top 10 movies of all time i'd say i'm, I'm excited josh is getting blank stares from no no, no 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 <laughs> not at all honestly i think you know what you were saying before this is a pretty big movie to me in the sense that jack black in the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s really exploded and was i was just gonna say this phenomenon. is probably like in that peak explosion oh, for, for sure him. this is just after school of rock right just yeah after after, yeah. after. And on top of that, you have uh, the um, the director Jared Hess, Hess who's this Napoleon is his follow Dynamite. up to Napoleon Dynamite, which and, huge film, cult favorite. Like yes. w- from the day it came out, it was making bank at the box office. That kind of hit. So here's his second project. I remember this having a lot of excitement going into it for me because I loved the comedy that was going on at the time. Saying I was the perfect age for this too. It wasn't there's a lot of adult comedies of that time too, but this is right. one that. Well, I'll, I'll we can all, all put yeah, on, we can all laugh at. And that was the thing that I think made Napoleon Dynamite such a phenomenon was that like in like at basketball practice in seventh or eighth grade, whatever I was in at the time, all of my peers are quoting it, but like adults liked it too, yeah, you know, and yeah. th- th- there wasn't any, any of that content that was so adult or so juvenile. Correct. It was like a very middle of the road. Everybody Correct. can find that's he He has that. I mean, Jared has that. That's his like tone yeah. that's like there's something wes anderson's anderson-y about what he that, does that was gonna say and that's what carlos said the very first like what is this a wes anderson movie <laughs> and, and let me just lay down my context 2004 napoleon dynamite my son would have been five and he loved it oh that's it was, what, like, I, that would have been fun to see with but a like the simpsons it's got kid stuff you're gonna love and then adult themes that you can that <laughs> i can enjoy that my son's not going to the enjoy. tragedy of uncle rico we yeah. were a napoleon dynamite house so when the follow-up was coming out, I was really excited about Nacho Libre when it first came out. But I also have Wes Anderson written down on my notes. <laughs> Where does he spin this tale? What, what's the setting here, John? Okay, so the story of Nacho, it is a man dealing with his, uh, what would you say, his his vow to the Lord. Him dealing Along with, that. with certain kinds of abandonment issues or like this feeling of not being part of a family, right? He, he has yeah. that because they've ne- he's never been fully accepted by this orphanage that's... Uh, accepted him. There's the the love that he feels like he is kind of... I guess, he, I guess he just can't do it. Budding feelings that he, right, that go against his, uh, what, what do you call it when you're, when you're a brother, when you're a monk, when you, what, a vows, friar? you take oh, vows? Yeah, yeah you take that, vows. So he doesn't want to go against his vows and yet he's compelled to. And he's I a will man. not break my vows unless you want to break your vows. <laughs> and then we can break our vows together. <laughs> so but it's a, yeah, it's sort of a man uh, becoming a luchador to support this orphanage that he, and we uh, see it in a, a, in a brief flashback really. at the beginning. 
that as a child he was he he was somebody who always had this love for the luchadors and wanted to be one and and had tried to but had gotten chastised for it and yeah. so it's it's been an urge that he's had all his life this love for it uh, it's so yeah a, a funny story actually based on a true story and i was right? gonna say like iron claw inspired by true events right there was a monk who was like surreptitiously having this other sideline career as a luchador for many, many, like 20 plus years. This this movie like encapsulates it as if it's this thing that he kind of flirts with for takes place over a few months, maybe. Is this kind of, yeah. And no real characters that I guess were of that time as well. No, no. Completely fictionalized. Yeah. So clearly this was a big film for you, Josh. You, you said that you were at the right age. It just hit you hard when you saw it. Like the yeah, and I mean, just the comedies. I mean, you have also School of Rock. Mike White, Ryder. Yes, yeah. Jared Hess. Shout out. Napoleon Dynamite and Jack yeah. Black. Power trio right there. It kind of is. Nacho Libre came out three years after School of Rock, one year after King Kong. Wow. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That's, that is fair. I forgot that King Kong was before this. Huh. Jack Black had another uh, Envy. Just see Envy. Yeah. Good movie. That was a great movie. I was around this time too. Shoot, I remember Two, that was two thousand four. One year after High School of Rock. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And then also got this, no the, love. Oh, also uh, Tenacious D. Pick a Destiny around the same time came out yeah. the same year as Not Oh, the, so just, you're right. And then well, he uh, was just like hitting it right there. He was hitting it. Uh, Kung Fu Panda would come out two years later, but in the meantime, Walk Hard came out with the funny Beatles thing. <laughs> So He's, Jack yeah, Black yeah, is yeah, in the on. prime of we all love Jack Black. School of Rock cemented that for not only me, but everybody. I think yeah. it's just Jack Black being probably at his most Jack Blacky. I think. In Nacho Libre? In Nacho. Okay, I completely agree. The physicality that he just the exhibits. Faces, and the, the faces, yeah. the facial tics that he makes when he's over-pronouncing specific in a sentence, <laughs> yeah. uh, Spanish words. Yeah. yeah, he moves his hair on his head throughout. <laughs> Did you guys notice he that? He uses like, the wig. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It like moves up and down across yeah. like his forehead. Oh, no, I didn't he's, notice that. He's totally dialed in. This is like full-on physical performance from this guy. What about... The accent. What about the way that he is speaking in this, like, you know, faux Spanish accent? He's Mexican. <laughs> faux Mexican. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying Jack no, Black like, is Mexican he, now. He gets the past. Canonically, we accept him. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I love this. No, I offense. claim him. I love yeah, this. You were talking about appropriation. Well, no, I, I hear it just no, works. Respect. Yeah. yeah. Respect for the culture. Yeah. I'm glad that that's the feeling. I'm glad that that's the feeling. Because for me, if there was ever a measured response to this film, it's like, I don't know if I could ever do this. I don't think <laughs> I would feel comfortable doing this. I'm amazed that And I was going to say, like, it. it's one of those where you could, like, quote along and you don't feel bad doing it, I guess, if you weren't Hispanic. Well, if you, I mean, I've heard, I guess, like, Ellie, to me, it's never, like, people who quote Nacho and they're not Hispanic. Hilarious to me still. Okay. Well, that's I mean, when the group of people that hang out like on the street that the shop is on and stuff okay. collectively discover, because Josh has known for a while, but like collectively discovered that I'd never seen this movie. One of them was our friend Ryan, who Josh plays in a band with. And then and then Dusty was the other one. And, okay. you know, Dusty is uh, a Gen Xer of a sure. different generation than me, but also a Mexican man. Yeah. Or a, a Chicano man, I guess, who's born in the state. You know, we were talking about it and I was like... I was like, yeah, I've never seen it. I'm surprised that, like, especially now, people aren't looking back at it retroactively, like Tropic Thunder or something like that, where people did you push it too far? People did, are did furious you, about Tropic yeah. Thunder now, which, like, that movie's like 15 years old now. What are you mad about? Like, it's it's over. But with this one, you know, I said something like that to him, and he was like, "Fuck no, dude. Jack Black's Mexican, man. Like, uh, he's one of us." <laughs> I, I love to hear that. That's great. I, well, I and I think it's done with such love. I think Black really loves this guy and and loves being this guy. Well, he and, he fully committed to it. Yeah, and it's not and like his relationships fun of with the other, no no, and his relationships with the other characters feel so deep and genuine, yeah. right? Like Escalito and the other orphans, uh, and... the sister. I yeah. mean, Chancho, Chancho, Chancho. No, it's what would you <laughs> What would you do if you were a, a what is he a monk? What would he be considered? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. friar a monk at yeah. an abbey, and then a nun that, That's that arrives is the most beautiful abbey, woman yeah. in the world. I yeah. I would have problems with my vows. Too. <laughs> so the film follows. She uh, is beautiful. Yeah, the film follows Nacho as he wants to become a luchador, and he teams up with a street 
urchin. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, a thief. A thie- yeah, they they right. treat him as an animal. They're like yeah. before he like, right. his, like his friends. He's yeah. like yeah, just makes feral animal noises. And, and they they begin a tag team, and then you begin to see his ascension through. I guess this one town's wrestling. Yeah. Know. Yeah. world and, and trying to get up to battling, battling sin as well, though, right. like. so the first match he does he doesn't really have a lot of experience is that the one with the little people no uh, that was this i think the second, second or third or okay third, that was yeah. crazy but the, it just those masks are intense <laughs> but if you want to give jack black the ability to have physical humor what a better concept right there, there would right. be no better concept oh, because yeah in the ring with all the different opponents, <laughs> they can do so much stuff and it does build on itself and get funnier and funnier and never got old for me at all. Yeah. yeah. Now you can look at it. And who knows? I mean, I, I feel like, has he done a physical role recently? Is he, has he done anything as physical as this? Because He's on his Instagram, he did all that superhero stuff. I didn't was see just kind it. Of okay. funny. I, I'll have to look at it. I mean, uh, I, I'd like to think this is something a guy can keep doing into his fifties, sixties, but I haven't seen any of his Jumanji limit. movies. The last one was 2019. They're good. They're yeah, good. Those are is he physical? Not super physical yeah, no. no, and he's kind of more of a specific character in, in a pocket. That, that, that joke yeah. in that movie is that because like real people get into the game and they're right. different person. Like the actors playing a different personality, so it's like a girl's in Jack Black's body. Yeah, yeah like and the, that's the joke. Like the hot blonde cheerleader girl is Jack Black throughout right. the movie, so he's playing like you know, it's it's funny. I remember really enjoying this film when it came out and and feeling like oh this is trying and being a little bit surprised that the critical reaction more generally especially was kind of like tepid. you said it it was very Wes Anderson like I I feel like it has this quirk. It's it, raw. It's, a, it's gr- from the opening credits when you see the. These close-up shots of a um, wrestling cape being built mm-hmm. by a child. Very close-up details. Close-up detail, yeah. color schemes on purpose, and then into the straight into the orphanage where the color schemes are much, much different. Open skies, very bright, and then compared to the wrestling, which is bright and colorful. But dark. But, but, but also, dark. yeah. And, and when I first saw this the first time, I was disappointed. I uh, saw it in the theater, of yeah. course, uh, the follow-up to Napoleon Dynamite. Here we go. I did not think it lived up to it. I've seen it maybe once between now and yeah. finishing it up last night. This time, I'm fully in. This, it it, it took right. that to long. That. Uh, it took distance from Napoleon Dynamite, which has now become a, a joke of itself. It's just so pop culture. You yeah. know, We're all steeped in it. For so long, saw too many vote for Pedro shirts for sale. You know what I mean? Like I saw one recently. Yeah, I know. Those, are, those were a thing for quite a I, while. I definitely. It's still it. a costume. Like every Halloween, there's yeah. a, there's a Napoleon and Pedro somewhere. That's nice. I mean, I, it's it's kind of funny they became <laughs> that iconic. <laughs> Did you do that? Where no, but no, we should. Uh, <laughs> that would work actually. Oh my god. Also, the most recent physical ish performance Jack Black gave was as Wolfman Jack in Weird Al. Oh, that's right. And that was, was great. That, that was a. I mean, it's like a more of a cameo seeing, than yeah. anything. But I follow Al on Instagram, and I've been seeing him posting a lot of name. like. <laughs> he's a great guy. I think he'd be totally not. Uh, but he's been posting a lot of memories from this time last year, yeah. where it was like premiering yeah. and all that stuff. And I mean, that was a great film. I, I'm, so funny. I'm I'm glad we did an episode Weird. on it. But yes, I I wish more people would seek it out because it I chance. don't feel like it got quite the reception it really deserves the Roku channel thing that's right it's kind of buried you gotta i mean they make it freely available but you gotta go there and get it no i thought this film has great themes that i think are a good extension of what napoleon dynamite's themes were which was mainly every oddball has his day or there is a place in the world for everybody and here it's you know a lot of care and love given to the idea of being orphaned religious vows and how we feel about them. I mean, there's a lot here. I was gonna say, I think- it's the only movie that's like overtly Christian that I'm like, okay, that also gets a pass. Like, well, and it, it does a good job. Like there's clearly questioning of faith in these vows and, right. it, and it's not done in like and a fame. And, and when he yeah. starts spending his money on himself, right. that's, when he's, that's the decline. So he stops many, cooking for the kids. Another he stops po- cooking for yes. the kids. Another point of being able when to. When he makes those salads the first yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say. That is one of my favorite like montage yeah. sequences in very, a film. And very Napoleon, like the opening Napoleon's everyone's food. Yeah. With their, yeah. With their credit on yeah. it. Yeah. It gives you opportunity for comedic beats. Yeah. yeah. He gets a little money, so we're going to have the thing where he and his partner walk in through the <laughs> the Mercado in with his, their in beautiful his sign, clothes. Escalito, his... Uh, his sign of fame is that he always has, uh, you know, street corn. He's, yeah. all, he's, 
yeah, he's always got an ear of dressed street corn. That yeah. he's, oh. And he also he gets does when, odd things when, with uh, his mouth uh, and lying down. Oh, the breathe. smiling. Yeah. Is always yeah. <laughs> well, and he won't let go of the elote either. Yes. Like, yeah. he, he's getting beat up and stuff and he's still holding on to it. The throwing it at the at the guys who, who like flatten their tires after the party. Oh, like, yeah. It's so random and so good. And the, little, yeah. the little five minute comedy bit of him finding a potential love interest with a girl who's opposite <laughs> his physical build. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But she the secret tunnel the like, secret tunnel like, what the yeah. secret tunnel was crazy oh, okay. it's like what but it's hilarious I kind of wanted them to hook up though I want I wanted him to get one over and at like the them end, to end up at the, the end that would have felt really genuine to me like th- these two opposites seemingly and then yet they're destined for each other I don't know it was such a cute he movie gets, in some in he gets some kicked ways. out of the monastery yeah. because uh, wrestling is a sin yeah. or watching wrestling attending wrestling. And then uh, he writes a lovely it's note vanity. to the to it's the, in the Bible not to wrestle your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a P.S. Always know that I loved you as a brother in Christ. <laughs> XOXO, little kiss, little kiss, little yeah. kiss, big hug, big <laughs> kiss, little kiss. And then she shows up with all of the orphans yes. in their uh, uh, homemade nacho masks. And uh, hey, uh, it's, it's, it's tis oh, the season to funny weep parts. all it's the like, time. <laughs> He also goes to mysticism and, and gets the eagle eggs from yeah. the gypsy. Oh, now that, I, you know, it but feels... But he does the eagle move at the very end. He, he yeah. flies. That's true, that's true. It, it feels like a great diversion yeah, in some payoff. ways. It does have that payoff. But I feel like an underuse of Stormar, uh, Peter Stormar. Oh, he was you know, great. Like, Oh, he's yeah. Just, he's just there he's for just five the, minutes. Yeah. I know, but I, I kind of wanted a little bit more. Like he should go visit this guy. But for also, some... what the fuck is he doing there? <laughs> like, why? Why would you cast one of the scariest men? <laughs> like, that's like the, the you know like the slight nod to like yeah I'm Wes Anderson, but a little bit David Lynch. Yeah. That, there's kind of like that with Jared. Hess. I also like the use of what seemed to be very native extras, like when he goes to oh, deliver almost, deliver last oh, yeah. rites, yeah. and it's just it, these look like the whole wrestling crowd. Yeah. The, one thing Ram- some of the wrestlers also- are some of them are luchadors yeah, right Ramses yeah. was an actual who I think died not that long ago yeah last but, yeah. year what was do you know his what was his actual character name in the I ring? don't okay. know off the top of my head yeah he was the, huge though oh um, my god the close-ups they did of that guy were yeah. something else you're like Mike yeah so wide yes mm-hmm. one thing I, I I noticed about the movie straight away Silver it King was the actual like depiction of like Oaxacan people or whatever because like mostly when hollywood makes a movie about mexicans they cast penelope cruz or like <laughs> spanish actors i think she's her, italian in ferrari her or <laughs> her or antonio banderas antonio like, is a perfect yeah, example yeah. but like really like light-skinned yeah of like spanish descent maybe like casting me like as like a central mexican person right, or whatever right. like realistically my mexican ancestry has a lot of like colonizers in it like i'm like my me and my whole family are relatively light-skinned but these are like legit like mexican people and they weren't trying to whitewash them or their culture or anything like that and i think things like that outside of jack black's performance are what makes this not feel icky at all it's what makes it feel like they really genuine they embrace the culture the land the people no, it felt like a very because they shot it on location. It fe- it feels very grounded. You can tell. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful film that way. I mean, like some of the landscape photography, just yeah. of the the establishing shots or the exterior I love the shots Abby they use too. It's beautiful. it's just you know fantastic. And I like how they shoot the actual r- matches and everything. It's all yeah. done very dynamically, very entertainingly. Especially like going. I know we keep saying it, but going back to Napoleon, like yeah. it's a very different movie. Like it's a cool jump to see. Great, director you're right. Wise. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Tonally similar, but yeah, different. And yeah, I'm everything. sad that the audience couldn't get there. With you know, they, and it, and it feels like we were talking a little before that. I know of him having done these other things, and I think I've even seen. There's a couple things he's been working on with TV. I think that I've seen that. I, but he has films like Gentleman Broncos that I haven't seen. Uh, is that um, Don the Verdeen. Flight of the Concords guy that's in that? Jermaine Clement? Jermaine is that Clement. who you're thinking of? Maybe. I think he might. I, no, I think he starts popping into his movies, actually. So it grossed $28 million on its opening weekend, uh-huh. de- debuting in that list a number two behind Cars, second weekend. That's Damn a tough it. one to go against. Damn it. The total domestic box office stands at 80 and worldwide of 99 On a budget of what? Uh, let me look. I bet this is a film that was made for $20 million or less. But yeah. 
Yeah, at the time, at the time. <clears throat> I mean, other than Jack so this Black, is there's very, not a lot of stars. This is very financially successful. I mean, that's the thing is it's... They got my money. I think it's a little... <laughs> I, saw, I saw it in theaters. I think it's a little sad that this gets... Do you feel that way too, that this is one that is by mainstream culture a little bit? Uh, and when I say mainstream, I mean American culture. It's like lesser regarded. Like more people care about Napoleon Dynamite than they do Nacho Libre. I, I definitely think that, that was bigger for sure. I think yeah. maybe because of the region we live in, like... Mm-hmm. Nacho was like heavily you feel, quoted. You, you feel like you've been around people who've appreciated it for a long time. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, th- that's interesting. I talk about Nacho Libre a lot more than I talk about Napoleon Dynamite. As somebody million. who only I saw it less seen. than 24 hours ago, like I think definitely because of the region that where we live, that's the one that has the longevity and the legacy that has like really like stuck. Yeah. Versus Napoleon. I'm sure if you went to, you know, estimated 35 Minnesota million dollars, or something. Okay. 35 million. Twice 35 what I million? thought, but still financially uh, gross, successful. Gross 88 in America yeah, and yeah. 99 worldwide. Is, 35 does, is not a ton. Does Corpus yeah. Christi have uh, a luchador yes. scene? Does it? Uh, a professional wrestling scene for sure. And there are, some, what do they perform? Some luchadors I, is there within like, it. Do they, I, I did the music airs? for a do documentary do? about a guy that does that. So, you know, just uh, check that out. <laughs> what, what, what is the title of it if people wanted to see that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's called Firefighter. I think it's just oh, Okay, Firefighter. yeah, yeah. I've um, seen that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember it. No, I do. Uh, is, it a, is it on Vimeo or something? And I know. It ju- I it, forgot the name of the organization, though, but they have events fairly often. it's like often. TCW or Texas, Texas Wrestling Cartel? Yeah, TWC. That's what oh, it is. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, they, pro- they do most of their shows at the Valencia on airs by the bowling alley and there have been a there was one that kylie went to recently at emerald beach hotel okay january 13th really? they had one at art walk one year they like did actually on people street yeah january like 13th at the ago. emerald beach hotel a pro wrestling thing by this twc uh i'm trying to look up the ticket price real quick because i'd like for us all to go <laughs> uh, that, It'd be cool. I, that'd be fun the oh, front row sold out but general admissions 25 dollars. let's go let's go to this and january 13th for our local wrestling scene I'm, I'm in i'm in true to the hustle hey, the that, let's the make event. it a beer and a movie uh meetup meet anybody up. anybody who's into getting out for some fun professional i wrestling. love this idea the front row there's a vip front row and a front row but those are all sold out so we're that's just right. go, we're, we're gonna be general admission. riffraff but yeah, that's okay. i think a buddy of mine's doing comedy at it Okay, we're down. This is good. <laughs> yeah, but no, they like fully set up. A I was ring. Just saying, like the characters, like on the poster too, mm-hmm. like they do the whole thing. No, well, the, it sounds I, like I, we're sold, guys. I, I feel like we needed probably a, a female on this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah. Although I will say, uh, at least you know, Aaron's uh, input, I think, on Iron Claw would be a big thumbs up. Kylie and loved it. Yeah. Just be ready for the emotional trauma of the whole <laughs> yeah. experience. But then uh, with, with uh, Nacho, she's positive on Nacho as well. Like the, Good movie. It, it, does Kylie have a feeling Loved on it. Okay, there we go. All right. So so this is, we have some female endorsement as well, even if they don't want to. It seems a little movie. racist that she liked it as much as she did. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Kylie and Anne? Kylie. Oh. <laughs> I was just kidding. Um, the, no, the guy that I, who the documentary is about that I did, just. Uh, yeah as like a cap on that he he plays two characters one is a baby face hero character who is a firefighter who is character. a firefighter yes. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he is a firefighter but he plays life, a character he also a... plays a character's firefighter although he, he also has he has a heel character that is a luchador that mask he, he, so yeah he wears the mask so like people don't know who he, like it's him yeah. or you know whatever um it, but you know he's fucking shredded he's like, ripped dude he's like uh, that's and, fine and they do all the stuff I'll get there in 2024. We'll talk about that in after hours. <laughs> <laughs> but not while I'm drinking these 8%. Yeah, no, there's no <laughs> way sugar There's no way laden. we're getting ripped while we're drinking this, folks. <laughs> yeah, I talked about this last week, the chocolatini that we did alongside Wonka. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not going to say no to a stout. I'm not going to say no to a dessert stout. This falls in that category for me because of what feels to be a high level of sugar content. It's just real sweet. This one. But I, I might drink two of these in a 12-ounce <laughs> can. As opposed to that one 16 ounce that we had. I okay. Don't, I don't know if I could power through another one of those chocolatinis. This one I might no, go round. No, that was too I sweet. I might go round two. That was too sweet. All the notes are the, all the notes are in the flavor. Who made it? 903. Yeah. Brewers. Yeah. It, was, it was thinner. It was a little, and it was sweeter. So it, it just had this really, which is appropriate to like the, what it's trying to replicate. The idea of like a hard alcohol based mixed drink. 12 ounce can. 12 ounce can, yeah. yeah. I couldn't um, do two of those. This one, I think, is much more balanced in, in the way my palate wants a beer to be. 
What? Did y'all discuss the pairs with? Yes. When y'all did that? Yes. What, what I haven't was listened the to it because I haven't on seen that? one. Yeah. Yeah. Old Hollywood vibes is yeah. the last one. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, we should have drank it with uh, Gene Wilder. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Oh, no, this I, one I I'm like enjoying that. very much, uh, Carlos, and thank you for bringing it. But you brought it and you wanted to buy it because of this is one of your favorite snacks. What What do you think? I like it a lot. I had one yesterday, mm-hmm. but you know now the I don't know, just by virtue of like having a full conversation while drinking this beer, as opposed to just like watching Jingle all the way while drinking this beer, which is what I did yesterday. I, it, I love that. It's warming up in the glass more than I gave it time to do the last yeah. time I drank it. And it gets better. You know, this isn't new to anybody. I feel that listens to the show. A lot of stouts, they know, open once up, they, 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 they kinda, open up yeah. when they get to like 65 degrees, 60 degrees. You know? It makes it fun to sip on them. Yeah. You, you, you pour it a little cold and then you can kind of work your way into where it tastes the best. And then, yeah, it's a, it's a great little journey that you can take with a, with a small pour yeah. of a hefty stout like this. Martin House. It, it's fun when you have these breweries and God, let's hope that some of them can stay aloft <laughs> in this crazy market that uh, that is out there for craft beer these days. But, you know, Martin House is knocking it out of the park again and again. They do some weird stuff, too. Don't get me wrong. There's things ranch. That have... <laughs> there's things that I'll turn my nose up they at did the ranch beer. <laughs> but there's a mark. There's people who they did the hot Cheeto stuff. beer, too, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I go to the. Grocery the HEB Plus over here on Saratoga, and there's always a wall of Martin House with 20 options, and the one's more fun than the other. I feel the price point keeps me from getting it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that. I have mixed well, feelings about mix, what you just said. If you're going to pull in all those different ingredients, I mean, the, there's a cost involved, and oh, I yeah, understand no, why that. No, but I hear what you're saying. It makes it prohibitive. It makes it. It's not like a in your fridge every day thing. Probably not. It's you know when you get in together this economy, when you get together with good friends around the holidays. And you want to enjoy each other's company, you might pull something like this out. I think this is perfect for that end of the year get together when you want to impress your little craft beer nerd friends who happen to show up at that company party or wherever you go. Dave and I are there. We're going to be very happy. <laughs> Josh, I'm you... very happy with this episode. This has been fun. Josh, you can do a quote from Nacho Libre off the top of your head. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can, do you have a you favorite? Take us will out you, at the end, please? Will you say your very favorite? At the, oh, at the very end of the episode. Can you? Uh, that, is that too much pressure? Did you Did like I put the beer? too much pressure? Yeah. L- love the beer. I've had it at... Um... Black Monk, delicious. And they had this in cans, or on? they had this in cans. Nice. Yeah, and it, shout out to Black Monk. They always have great craft I, beer selection. I should in cans. get over there more. If, if you like the food craft beer. and and great, mm-hmm. like just it's a place to hang out and have yeah. fun. I I should get over there more with beer and a movie. They're also having a New Year's Eve party, by the way. Just in Ooh, in fairness, rival. If I make it out of the house, I'm going to go to the NASA. That's just you know, but. Uh, <laughs> But it'll probably be an Uber. I'm going to play it safe on, on that night. Good call. The best thing about beer in a movie is you can make the right call. You can continue these conversations that we have on all forms of social media. We're on Facebook. We still poke around there occasionally. We're on Instagram, too, from time to time. You can go to our website, beerinamoviepodcast.com, for some nice curated lists of our episodes, as well as the link to our Tee Public store, where you can find various forms of merch. It's flying and, off the shelves for Christmas. I, I've seen a lot of orders. It's kind of weird. We have this little account built up there. I mean, I feel like we're conglomerate at this point we're going to oh, be yeah. buying up yeah um no thank TikTok, you Any, anybody who's next. bought we very much appreciate that you can join our chat on discord and we'd love you to do that just request an invite to beer in a movie the conversation continues we've also mentioned that we will extend this very conversation today here ourselves in our patreon subscriber only after hours bonus episode please sign up at patreon.com slash beer in a movie podcast we know you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, but before you leave, won't you please rate us and leave a review? We hope you'll make it five stars so that the algorithm can do what it do. That's right, folks. And put us out there as an option for more listeners. You've just experienced another intense, high-flying, high-flying, exciting, spine-tingling, acrobatic, wrestling-filled episode of Beer in a Movie. Until next time. Go, go away, read some books. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's good.